Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nina Pantic, and we're coming to you from the USTA National Campus in Lake Nona. I'm joined by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? Our guest for this episode is Sam Crawford. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Hi, thank you. So we're here at the USGA. Let's start right away with what brings you here and what are you doing this offseason? Um, yeah, so I'm working on trying to play tennis again. <laughs> it's been a while, so um, I'm just doing knee exercises and trying to get stronger. And um, I've been hitting a little bit. And um, I've also been like teaching tennis some, so it's been fun. For those who don't know, Sam Crawford is 24 years old, American pro tennis player, and has been ranked as high as number 90. Five. When did the uh, the injury troubles begin for you? Um, kind of towards the end of 2017. Um, yeah, I had I. It got to the point where I basically couldn't really walk without having pain in my knee, and then um, I. It took a while for me to get surgery because I tried to not get surgery because that I hate having knee surgeries because I've had like five of them. So um, yeah, it started towards the end of 2017 and. Um, kind of has carried on since then. Wait, so you really have had five surgeries? Yeah, my first one was when I was like 12. Oh my goodness, yeah. no, I had no idea about that. Yeah. On the same oh. knee? Uh, first one was on the right knee, and then my right knee's been good since I was 12, which has been great, and then my left knee was like, no, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be good. <laughs> and so yeah, I've had like four on the left. Oh my goodness. So was it one of those things, like, obviously you were doing really well. We talked a little bit about the fact that you made 2016 semifinals in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And um, was it one of those things where it was already lingering? Did it start then or a little bit after? Uh, It was kind of sporadic. Like every couple years, I would like tear my meniscus again. And so I've torn it like four times, I think. You say that so nonchalantly, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think just growing up, I always, like, because it started when I was 12 and then 15 and then 18. And then, um, yeah, like, it just kept happening, like, every couple years. And then this last time, it was, like, the worst that it's been. And I, like, kept trying to, like, put it off. And then it just got to the point where I couldn't anymore. Is it? Like a genetic thing where it's gonna happen to you, you're predisposed to this? Is it because you're so tall? Because for listeners, she's six foot two. Is it something about your technique? Is there any reason behind it? Um, I think I think for me, it was like, I always grew really quickly and I was always really tall, like just growing up. And I think um, that had like a part to do with it. I don't think anything genetic, but um, yeah, I think just being tall is sometimes not that great. <laughs> Everyone's always like, oh, you're so tall, it's so great. And I'm like, yeah. Until, like, you see, like, my knees. <laughs> Thanks but. for making me feel better, Sam. Yeah, Appreciate you're welcome. It. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got into tennis. Uh, I started when I was four. My mom put me in a summer camp, and I think everyone else in the summer camp was, like, six, and they were like, 
she's not going to last like the whole summer camp like for two hours at a time so you can take her out like after an hour and apparently after an hour I like refused to leave and um and then someone like told my parents I had good eye hand coordination and like that was the end like I've like only played tennis since then that's what it started yeah that's awesome when did you start taking it really seriously um I think I missed too many days of school in like fourth grade but my teacher at the time like loved tennis and he like marked me as there like when I was not there for sure and um yeah, so then after that, I was homeschooled, and then um, in, like, sixth or seventh grade, I moved to Florida to, like, start training more, and kind of from then, I think, like, 13, 14, I was, like, really into it. So your family moved you to Florida for tennis? Yeah. Where were you before? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so the homeschooling, what did you think of that when you were a kid? Because I did the same exact, almost identical story. I was 11, and we moved to Florida for tennis, and then by 12, I was homeschooled. And looking back, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I would agree with that. What, what are your, what's your take? Um, I'm kind of upset. Like, I never got to go to prom just because, like, I wanted a prom dress. Um, that's, like, the main thing. Like, I, I don't think I really missed out on anything else except for that. Like, and, like, online schools always, like, try to make, like, an online prom. And it's, like, weird and awkward. And, um, yeah, I refuse to participate. <laughs> but other than that, like, I think the other experiences that I got to have like outweighed like the cons because you good I'm a big fan of the homeschooling thing I, I actually talk about future kids I'm like I totally want them to be homeschooled because when you're in a traditional school you have eight hours nine hours that you're in school you have to be in school if you're homeschooled if you can be done with school in two hours and have the rest of the day I mean frees you up so much yeah well um yeah, well, not everyone, like, learns at the same pace either. Like, right. in traditional school, you have to wait for everyone to, like, get a concept and then move on. But I also think, like, now they have more, um, like, programs where you can go, like, one or two days a week and then, like, kind of get that social aspect of school and then the rest of the days do everything online. Or I think more schools are doing, like, more online classes anyways, so. And speaking of school, you're actually in school right now. I am. How's that going? Uh, it's awful. <laughs> I know you love accounting, right? Yes. That's your favorite class. I've well, I've gotten all A's in accounting. There you go. That's my, apparently I'm going to be an accountant soon. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm taking a speech class right now. It's awful. Um, I didn't do well on my last speech. Kind of disappointed myself. <laughs> Was that the one where you were supposed to have five people kind of listen to you public speaking? Is that Six. one? Six. Six people. Yeah. Were you able to get that? It's it's tough. I don't have that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. But it's the funny. school's online. What's what's the school called? Uh, it's Broward College. It's like a smaller school in South Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. So how come you did not decide to go the IU East route? Um, I was going to, but then um, I I like talked my way out of it with my dad. Like when I was like nineteen, I was like, oh, I'm I'm busy. <laughs> For those of you listening, the IU East route, what I was referring to is that the WTA has a program with Indiana University East uh, that if you get a C or better, 75% of your tuition will be paid for. So it's a great program. And I'm just, it's funny to me that you were able to talk yourself out of that. Yeah, no, it's a great program. Like, um, looking back, I'm like, why didn't I do that? <laughs> but um, yeah, so... When I was 19, I was like, I don't want to do school anymore. And now I'm still like the same. <laughs> but no, it's good. Um, I mean, I've tried, I, like, I've always wanted to go back to school. And like, my parents have always told me, like, you can do school whenever. So it's always been a goal of mine. So here I am doing it now. 
<laughs> is it safe to say that you never considered the college route? Were you always dead set on pro tennis? Uh, no, no. I actually, um, I didn't turn pro until like right before I was 18. Um, so kind of things changed when I won uh, U.S. Open Juniors. Before that, I um, was looking at colleges and wanted to go that route. Um, and then after the U.S. Open that year, like right before my senior year, um, I wanted to um, take my time making that decision and because it's a big decision. I think some people make it too quickly. And um, so I did take my time and I took some visits and then I ultimately um, decided to turn pro though. Was there a school that you were kind of leaning towards? Yeah, um, well I looked I looked at a few and then I was gonna go to USC. Oh wow, in oh, California. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting, I went to UCLA. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> So you mentioned the U.S. Open very casually. You're the junior U.S. Open champion. Yeah. Uh, I want to say 2012? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was 2012. And how did that change life for you? Was that um, an I made it moment? Well, so before the juniors, I actually qualified uh, for the main draw. And that was like my first time playing singles at the U.S. Open. So um, that was cool. I was there for like from the very first day to the very last day. So, um, and I played every event. So I played... Qualies, women's singles, women's doubles, mixed doubles, junior singles, and junior doubles. <laughs> Holy cow. I was so, tired. <laughs> so um, here's my question to you. Yes. Uh, were you pro before you started that U.S. Open qualifying? I was not. Wow. Okay. So you did not take any of the money? No. Yikes. Wow. Okay. So for those of you listening, obviously you have professional amateur status. And Sam, when you played the U.S. Open at that time, and you played all these different events and probably would have made out pretty good yeah you took zero dollars yep I, I was amateur wow that's you I turned look pro back and regret like that January 1st the next year oh my goodness <laughs> that gives me anxiety to be honest do you oh, ever like yeah. look back and you're like oh, I would have done that differently or are you just you know what everything happens for a reason kind of the way or um yeah no I mean I think it played out the way that it should have for me like um I, I really had like no expectations going into that US Open. Like I was just so excited to be there and like um, being able to play singles because in the past I'd only played doubles um, in main draw. So I was like a wild card in everything. Um, <laughs> and even junior singles, I was a wild card. Yeah, so. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're, you're a naturally very powerful player. We could say uh, more than an aggressive base on a super aggressive baseline. Or is doubles something that's helped you? Is that something you want to pursue as well in the future? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, growing up, doubles wasn't my favorite. I've, um, I think I definitely started doing better in doubles like as I got older. Well, I mean, at hard courts, I didn't do okay in doubles, I guess. I won it like two years in a row. No big deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think now coming back like i would start to play doubles more i think introducing coco golf's signature shoe more than just a tennis shoe it's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court the multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the coco cg1 empowers you to dominate the game learn more and purchase the coco cg1 at newbalance.com Hey listeners, listening to the Tennis.com podcast. This episode features WTA pro Sam Crawford. She's telling us about all of her knee struggles and how she's overcoming them to come back to the tour in 2020. Keep listening. 
So tell us a little bit about your experience or what you're going through right now. Obviously, you're rehabbing. Do you have a date as to when you'd like to start competing again or, you know, training a little more ferociously on the court? Um, yeah, originally I wanted to try to do off season this year, but I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> um, unfortunately. But hopefully, like by next year, like beginning of the year, I want to start trying to play tournaments. Um, hopefully. Are you based here in Nona? Yep. Yeah, so I you, am. you have the full support system of the USTA yeah. for everything. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. How do you like living here compared to Boca? I like Boca. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, the thing with Lake Nona, like, there's so many, like, things that are being built right now. I think in a couple of years it's going to be unbelievable. But right now, like, everything is 30 minutes away, which drives me insane. Like, if I want to go somewhere, I, like, put it in my, like, phone, and I'm, it says 30 minutes. Like, give 25 it. to 30 minutes yeah. is literally give everywhere. In. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. But, yeah, I think in a couple years, I mean, it's already grown up so much, though. Yeah. Like, it's huge. And you weren't here in 2016, but there was – Walmart wasn't even open. Yeah, I mean, I, when I got here, Walmart was here, so. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> killing it then. I mean, there's got to be something better than Walmart. Is there something – anything that you do here that you actually are, are looking forward to doing? Like, is there – Disney World, Universal. Boxy Park is solid, Boxy I think. Park. Yeah. Boxy Park is solid. I used to live, like, right there. That's right. But Boxy Park wasn't there when I lived there. <laughs> um, I I had a Universal, like, annual pass, me and Allie Kick. Uh, we went, like, a bunch of times and got really sick of it. So <laughs> I'm kind of holding off. I'm like, maybe I should get a Disney one because I haven't been since I was, like, 12. Um, but I get sick of that, too. Yeah, I feel like it's going to yeah. be the same thing, and I'm going to be like, why did I do this to myself? So let's talk a little bit about your friendship with Allie. I'm also very close with Allie yeah. Kick. Um, so she also had very similar injuries as you. Is that right? Yeah. Same exact ones. Yeah, we had um, one of the same surgeries, yeah, with the same surgeon. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So and the surgery injury? sisters. Uh, no, she had a cartilage defect, but um, we both had like um, an oats procedure. So they um, transplant like cartilage into that defect. Or, oh, yeah. That sounds complicated. Yeah. It's, it's making me gag. Oh, you should see the pictures. Can we, we not? We don't need to see pictures. I really would rather not. I have them on my phone. No. I'll, no. <laughs> I'm intrigued. So wait, the cartilage injury, they managed to transplant cartilage from where to get it in there? Um, it's from a donor from like a cadaver, yeah. That sounds really complicated and yeah. expensive. Yeah, you have to be, you get, um, well, first they go in and do a scope to see that you're uh, like a candidate that you have enough surrounding cartilage that um, the transplant will take. And then after that, you get put on a donor list like six weeks after that initial surgery. So you're kind of just waiting for them to call you. How long was the wait for you? Um, I waited like not that long, actually. Like I think uh, like a couple months, like two months. Is that rare or is it typically fairly quick? Um, I think it just depends on like the size of the graft that they need slash um, the donor like that becomes available. Um, I thought mine was going to take longer because they had to have two different donor grafts because um, I had my meniscus and then I had cartilage like behind my um, patella also. So I'm pro like probably it's not it's probably wrong <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> from not. what I understand you sound like an expert yeah I, so I would yeah. not you from know, what disagree. I understand like yeah um, and then sometimes like cartilage well usually I think for the cartilage you can't wait that long after they have the donor 
So right. you get called and you have to be out. Well, the doctor was at, in Colorado at the time. He, he's moved now. Um, but so you have to be out there within like 48 hours. Wow. So is that why it took so long? Because you've been out for two years. Is it because it required multiple surgeries to get you to where you are now? Um, yeah. Well, so initially I was trying not to get surgery. So I tried like PRP injections, which is... Um, Plasma. They, yeah, plasma. They take your blood and then they like put it in a thing that spins it and then the plasma separates and then they like re-inject it back into your knee, which is super fun. Um, so yeah, I did like three of those. <laughs> Were you, did you take an anesthetic for that? No, 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 no. Oh my goodness. So I had that done in my toe. They did a PRP injection yeah. and they were like, okay, well, it's going to be so and so much more expensive if you get an anesthesia. Uh, anesthesia. Oh, they told me that it like counteracts the injection. It might be a different, like, you know, predicament for I you. I wasn't given the option. <laughs> well, I honestly, I don't think that the option was given until it was asked for by me because oh. I wanted to make sure I didn't feel anything. Yeah. They like, they sprayed like this cold thing to like try to distract me. And then I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then I was like, this is not fine. <laughs> On a, like, was it the most painful thing you've ever had? No. Um, actually it was weird. The first one like was pretty bad. The second one, I like did not feel anything. And then the third one, so going into the third one, I was like, oh, th this is going to be fine. Like I didn't feel anything the second time around. And the third time I was like, nope, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now you're done with the surgeries. Are you, is a knee yes. meant to be perfect forever now? Um, I don't think, I don't think it'll, I don't think it ever was perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully no more surgeries on that knee or on anything for that matter. But um, yeah, it's been feeling better. Like just walking, I guess that's like a pro, like I can walk without pain, so. <laughs> Were you able to get a lot of insight and feedback from Allie since she had a similar injury? Yeah, um, yeah, I remember, so after the surgery, you have to be on crutches for like three months. And I remember I um, like stepped on my leg, like you're not supposed to put weight on your, on your bad knee. And I, I stepped on it like, and I was like, cause I was slipping, like it rained, like I went on to like tile and it, I slipped. I remember you told me that, that's right. Yeah. And uh, my dad was like freaking out. He was like, you need to go get it, like an MRI, like whatever. <laughs> and I like texted Allie and I was like, Allie, did I just like ruin everything? And she was like, no, no, no. Like I've done that, like you're fine. And like, I, she had to like convince me that I was fine. But um, yeah, I was great having Allie and like she, um, but even before, like, she was like, oh, you should go see this doctor, like, and because I had gotten, like, multiple opinions, obviously, at that point. So, yeah, it's always nice having someone that's been through it. Throughout this whole, whole ordeal, it's been about two years. Have you constantly been preparing to come back? Was that always the idea? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always been my goal, like, um, to, to come back and play again my last tournament wasn't that great so I don't want that to be like the last tournament that I ever play um I think that will bother me a lot so have you ever had a moment where you're like I may not come back um yeah I mean there was one point like when I was still on crutches and like I had to be on like this motion machine for like four hours every day and then I was doing physical therapy and like trying to get range of motion back in my knee and that was like probably one of the most painful things like that I've been through and I was like why am I doing this to myself um but then it, it always gets better I feel like with any like injury there's always like 
this point where you feel like you're not improving and it's really frustrating. But if you were, I mean, you were doing that rehab just to learn to walk again. Yeah. I mean, whether or not you played tennis, that wasn't even like in the cards at that moment, but it was just that painful just to get to walk again. Yeah. And they, and they were pushing me more cause they, cause they were like, you have different goals than like most people after surgery. Like your goal is not to just like walk and like function daily normally. Like, so, so I was like, why are you doing this to me? But in reality, I was doing it to myself. <laughs> You must have had a very strong support system to get through all this because I'm sure your family and your coaches and your friends are used to you being a tennis player. You were actively on tour every week and now for two years you've been struggling and, and trying to figure out what to do. What's that support system been like? Um, yeah, it's been good. I mean, my parents uh, my parents were there for me. My dad like dropped everything when I got the call for surgery and um, would like get me food and stuff and like whatever. I would yell for my parents to get me food when I was on <laughs> when I was just laying there like because <laughs> of crutches. Um, and yeah, my friends have been great. Um, Maddie Brangle actually sent me like a care package like for every week I was on crutches, which like I would be like at physical therapy. I'd be like, today's the day I get my care package, and like it would get me through it, um, which was like unbelievably nice of her. And then I I was like with my dog. <laughs> We got to talk about Lola. Yeah, Lola. Um, Lola, yeah. And yeah, everyone's just been so nice. And um, uh, yeah, I can't, I'm so thankful for that. It takes a village, right? Yeah, it yeah. does. I know Captain Kathy Rinaldi has also been in your corner as well. And yes. you're actually going to Maddie Brangles over Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kathy's been there for me like since I was like 14. Um, right. Always, no matter what. Um, and yeah, Maddie, I, it's like now a tradition that I go to her place for like Thanksgiving, I guess. Like I'm adopted Brangle now. That's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, we're here with Junior Grand Slam champ Sam Crawford talking all things Lola, her dog, her hating accounting, and how much she loves to nap. Keep listening. Were there any hobbies or non-tennis related things you picked up or got better at during this, this hiatus? Accounting. Accounting. School. Yes. School's good. School's I'm gonna good. do some. Uh, I'm gonna do your taxes soon. I, um, I can't do my own taxes, but um, no. Really I've um, I school's taken a lot of my time. Like recently, um, are I'm, you almost done? I'm almost done with the semester, and then I have like three classes, and then I can. I'm actually gonna transfer to like University of Florida. So, so. then how? long will you have once you get to University of Florida? How many years will it take? Uh, two. Okay. Because I went two years at Georgia Tech and then it still took me four years for online schooling to finish and get an actual degree. Oh, man. Well, I wasn't taking that many classes, so oh, that yeah, also okay. makes a big difference. Yeah. You're going to go at a slower pace if you're at, you know, fully on tour. Right. So the, I guess the good news of you being injured is you've had more time. Yeah. I mean, when I first started out, I, I was like, I'm going to take one class and see how it goes. And then it really escalated from on. there. Yeah. yeah, I took like five this semester. 
Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you're like, whoa, this was too much? This week. <laughs> is it finals week this week? Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah, but are the finals online and you can cheat and open your books and They're stuff? They're proctored. They're proctored now. As in someone comes There's to your like, home? No, like the webcam like watches you and tracks like your eye movements. And then um, they, like a live proctor can like pop in and be like, do a room scan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. They're that, getting serious about it because everybody was cheating at one point. It's like I was. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so did you really get a degree then? It's like, so that's why they have that proctor there available. You know, it actually whatever makes works to get your degree. Like, true. Let's, we're not endorsing cheating, guys. <laughs> no, Let's just no. Know but I'm, I mean, I'm just comparing it to my high school online uh, experience. And high school. We didn't have. I know. Story. I know. I know. I know. Oh, but yeah. We, yes. I did a few college classes as well in the year off before UCLA. And. No one was spying on me through the webcam. That, was that no, sounds like, like an invasion of privacy. No, no, the software ago. is like intense. Like I delete it after I'm done with every test because I'm like, I don't want this on my computer. That's scary. Because they have access to like everything. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you put a little like sticker on top of your webcam so they never oh, access no. it again. This has changed my perspective of what online college degrees are. Well, good thing you're not going to college anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, did you have to take SATs and stuff? Was that part of the process? No. Um, I took the SAT like way back, so they accepted that. Okay. Thank, thankfully, <laughs> I didn't. I, I had like a panic attack before the SATs. <laughs> I mean, everyone does. That's a standard. At least you yeah. didn't go to prom, but you got to do that. Well, I forgot to bring a calculator, <gasps> and they did not have backups. So what did you do? Did you actually have to do like long multiplication and all I that? I did everything like on like the scratch paper or like. I cried. <laughs> Are you good at math? Is that your thing? I hate math. Okay. Okay. So the accountant's I, a joke. Okay. I, yeah. Well, I'm good at like accounting math. I'm not good yeah. at like algebra. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. The reason why I say the accounting thing is because every time I see a snap story from oh, yeah. Sam, it's usually complaining about accounting. Yeah. That's oh, why it's funny. Okay. Because yeah. sometimes it just doesn't make sense. I agree with you. I took it too. And I was like, C will do the trick. I think it's great, though, that you have taken something negative, like having an injury, and found the positives. You're Thank like, you. you know what? My knee's going to be all right. My right knee's good. And I got school. Uh, yeah. I love school. Good. <laughs> Sound like such a good endorser. Yeah, I know. Like, see me crying later this week over my uh, algebra final. And um, yeah, I, I love would be it. surprised seeing a little snap story about it. I can't wait for it. Oh, yeah. I'm usually sitting at Starbucks, and I'm like... Why is this my life? <laughs> but another fun fact about you, though, you also speak another language, right? Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's Mandarin, right? Yep, Mandarin, yeah. That's useful. Yeah, I, I lived there for like 10 months when I was 10, and um, it's not perfect. I think it's probably gotten worse. <laughs> but um, like one in Brisbane, like there was um, this Chinese reporter there. He was super cool, like, and he was so excited that I, I could speak Ch- like Chinese, and they were like, um, so he was like, what's your Chinese name? And I told him, and apparently I pronounced it wrong. So it translated to like something with a fish, which it's not. And, um, my, I like, my mom was like, oh my God, he thinks your name is like this with a fish. And I was just like, what's Oops. it supposed to be? Um, it's, it's supposed to translate to like flower, like, a, yeah. And it's like with some character in this like book that's like very famous in China, apparently. So... Um, that's why it's on my Twitter and on my Instagram now, so I can be like, this is how you spell it, because I can't read That makes read sense. Right. Yeah. Okay, I <laughs> noticed that. Yes. How do you say it? Uh, Dalian. Okay. I probably pronounced it wrong again. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. That's <laughs> awesome. You pronounce your name however you want. Yeah. So does that make the Asian swing then a lot more fun for you because you feel more comfortable? 
Yeah, I mean, um, my my mom usually went with me, um, which is nice because, um, like, I would have her, and um, I don't mind the food. Like, I've already lived there before, and plus, like, she can read the menus very easily. <laughs> so we, she would always order stuff like that I would want to eat or we would never I would never have a problem with that do you speak with Christina McHale sometimes yeah we have yeah her her Chinese is like way more proper than mine is Mm because she like learned it in school and I just learned it like from people like talking you 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 learn the slang version yeah for sure that's awesome I find that awesome as well like being able to speak any other language is cool but Mandarin I mean it's it's mind-boggling can you write and read no my mom's like tried to teach me how to write my middle name like for like since I was like four. So <laughs> I'm going on 20 years, like not being able to learn it. Oh man. There's like 30 steps. 30 oh, steps no, for a middle I mean, name. That's like a, an exaggeration, but okay. there's like probably like 15 steps. That's still quite a lot. That's a lot. Wow. I feel like we've gotten to know you a little bit better in this episode. That's uh, kind of been the point, but it's when you think about next year, is, it, is there a certain month or season or part of the season that you think you're gonna be back at? People can expect you? look forward to it I hope like spring okay that that's my hope um I'm kind of just taking it like slowly I don't want to like hurt myself again or like hurt something else trying to like get back faster than necessary um I messed up like the whole protected ranking thing so I don't really have like um a deadline for that either so really wait 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 what do you mean you messed it up well my well so they changed the rule like literally last year I think and made the ranking like lower but I kept playing like tournaments so my ranking dropped because I had points to defend so I would I like didn't I wasn't like eligible technically I see what you're saying yeah okay, so there's a certain ranking that you actually have to have is it like top yeah. 250 300 yeah, I okay it's 250, oh. yeah. I see yeah. so you're not eligible because you weren't ranked in a certain cutoff I was trying to be very positive and like <laughs> and that <laughs> backfired <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, but I, mean, I think you'll get wild cards and, and the USTA and American tournaments will support the comeback. That's the great thing about Hopefully. playing, being American. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's just so many tournaments every single, not every single week, but, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Hopefully. Hopefully. Damn, I really thought you had the PR. Okay. Will well, remember me. <laughs> people will remember you because of this episode. Irina, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, I, just for any listeners that really don't know about you, don't know much about you. Any other tidbit you want to share with fans about yourself or what oh. something fun that you like to do? Anything? I love taking naps. Oh, you are a napper. She says yeah. that she takes naps every single day. This is true. And yeah. I send Irina Snapchats of my awful cooking. Oh, yeah. That's true. So if you ever, like, hear me, like, oh, do you want to try this thing that I made? Like, probably should run away very fast. <laughs> All right. Duly noted then. All right. Perfect. A perfect place to end. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Crawford, for joining us on the Tennis.com podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been an episode with Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone and Sam Crawford. Thanks for listening, you guys. Awesome job, Sammy. Thank you. Chish it. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as Tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the video of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and Tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer Luke Mahoney, video editor Christina Koseva, producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.